Yo, what's up guys? This is Christian and you're listening to episode 3 of the Eyes Closed Podcast. And today I'm going to do a little Q&A. So yeah, I basically asked my followers and my friends if they had any questions for me to answer. So when I get bored, I could just answer them. And yeah, so here it is. So the first question I got is, what is your podcast about at its core? Now, I'm not sure if you wanted me to reply to that, so you could ask another question, but I'm just going to answer the question itself. Uh, At its core, I just want my podcast to be about anything and everything. So anything that I feel or have an opinion about or all my thoughts that I think, I just wanted an outlet to express those ideas and those opinions that I have. And I don't want it to be limited to one theme or one topic, and I'm okay with it being about um, various topics. Like, I just really want it to be conversations. And yeah, I think it would be cool in the future whenever I feel like looking back and re-listening to different episodes, I could be like, wow, that's what I felt or that's what I thought at that moment in time or that day. And I could compare it to my current self and see how much I've changed or stayed the same. So that's another interesting thing or future about having a podcast. But ultimately, what I wanted to achieve with creating this podcast was to document the conversations that I have with friends. So friends, if you're listening, please get on my podcast and stop playing with me. So the next question I got was, what is your pet peeve? So recently, me and my friend Julian, we went to the movies and we watched the film Mid-90s, which is directed by Jonah Hill. The movie itself was pretty good, um, but throughout the entire movie, there was this guy on the other side of the theater that kept talking, like, through every single scene. And I'm okay with people, you know, reacting to, like, the exciting scenes and all that, but this guy was even talking through the serious scenes, and when uh, there was only dialogue um, in the movie, like, you could just hear him in the background. And, like, I like going to movie theaters because you get to enjoy the movie, and you get to enjoy it with other people and feel the reactions um, from the movie. But if you're just talking constantly, that just ruins like the whole experience. And one thing that Julian pointed out was that this guy that was kept, kept talking throughout the movie, he had friends with him. And like if I was his friend, I'd probably be embarrassed or tell him to shut up because that's like that's the worst thing ever in a movie theater, I think. So the next question I got is, how many licks does it take to get to the center of a tutti pop? Alright, I'm gonna go ahead and guess it takes 2,500 licks to get to the center of the tutti pop. I'm gonna go ahead and Google this and see how close I am or if I'm right. So I just Googled the question and per Google, A group of engineering students from Purdue University reported that its licking machine, modeled after a human tongue, took an average of 364 licks to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop. 20 of the group's volunteers assumed the licking challenge unassisted by machinery and averaged 252 licks each to the center. So with human tongues, it takes 252 licks to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop, which is pretty surprising to me because I thought it was gonna be in the thousands, and I'm wrong. But that's like an interesting fact to know because I never 
actually thought to Google that. And I remember being little and seeing those commercials while I was watching cartoons. And wow, that's interesting. Another good thing to know. So this question is my experience as a Filipino-American. Um, when I think of my experience as a Filipino-American, I just think about my childhood and being raised by both of my grandparents who are Filipinos and just being exposed to Filipino food and Tagalog even though I did not retain a lot from it. <laughs> but yeah, I just think of my childhood and think of my experience as a Filipino-American is generally positive. I grew up in a city called Victorville and it was predominantly um, white people, blacks, and Mexicans. So yeah, in middle school I was pretty much involved in leadership and in basketball. So all of my friends were from different backgrounds and races, but most of them were Mexicans and African Americans. And I did have a few Asian friends, but not, not a lot. And so being one of the few Asian slash Filipinos at the school is something that I definitely noticed and kind of felt. I felt like people were interested or found me interesting since I was one of the few Filipinos. Uh, they wanted to get to know me or become my friend. And one thing that I noticed is that when people think about Filipino culture, they always mention the food. Like people like pancit and adobo and lumpia. But side note, lumpia is my favorite, but pancit and adobo, I think is pretty much, oh, they're overrated. Like I do not look forward to eating adobo or pancit anymore. And I'm sorry if you guys like those foods, but that's just, that's just how I feel now. So after my freshman year of high school, I moved to Rancho Cucamonga, but I went to high school in Eastvale slash Corona. And what was different there compared to Victorville was that the Asian and Filipino population at that school was extremely larger than what it was in Victorville. So I ended up making a lot of Filipino and Asian friends, and that's just the people that I gravitated towards at that school. And it's not a bad thing because I did make, see, two friends that I keep in touch until today, but it's just something interesting to notice. And I think it shows that the location in which you live is a huge factor in the people that you're exposed to and the friends you make. But with the internet, I feel like you can make friends anywhere now, so that kind of conflicts with that idea. In college, I joined the Filipino club during my first year, and that's where I met most or pretty much all of my close friends that I've had in college. So that's another positive effect that being a Filipino-American had on my life. When I look into the future, one thing that I think about in terms of being a Filipino-American is that after every generation, I feel like different aspects of the culture are going to be lost in terms of knowing Tagalog, uh, knowing how to cook different Filipino meals and recipes and just different aspects of the culture. And that's something that should be important in upholding, I believe. Because it's kind of sad to think about that it'll decrease over time. 
Another thing that I think Filipino Americans have to deal with is the pressure from family, especially parents, on what career they should pursue. So generally, Filipino parents want their children to pursue jobs that basically have financial security for themselves so they could support themselves, which is not necessarily a bad thing, but if that gets in the way of shaping the child and preventing the child from pursuing what they ultimately want to pursue, I feel like that's a negative effect. I think in the end, parents should encourage and motivate their children to be successful in any field that they want. They shouldn't dictate what field they should pursue. Luckily, I have parents that are both chill, so I don't really have to deal with that. But I do see that in some of my friends and their parents. But yeah, to sum it all up, I feel like my experience as a Filipino American was good and is good. Like I have no complaints about that. But I also love being around other people as well from different cultures and different races. And that's like why I love traveling. It's good to go outside of um, your own comfortable space that you develop and it's always good to challenge yourself to meeting new people with different ideas and different backgrounds because that's something that I think that people are really um, limited by because they're closed off from people with different opinions or different viewpoints like why not meet new people and learn new perspectives you don't have to agree with them, but you could respect it and maybe learn something from it. So my next question is, is Lonzo Ball a bust? So I'm pretty biased because I am a Lakers fan and I do love Lonzo Ball. He's one of my favorite players on the team. And him being from Chino Hills is pretty cool because that's close to where I went to high school. And to answer the question, I don't think he's a bust. I think he still has a lot of potential and I think he's going to be a really good player but I feel like the Lakers are not using him well right now. I think he needs to close out games more and he needs to have the ball more. Um, I know he's a pass first player but he really likes to keep the offense going and sometimes we have a lot of ball stoppers on our team and that disrupts his flow and his game. But there are a few things that he does need to improve on. First is his shot, but he has done significantly better this year compared to last year with his both his field goal percentage and three-point percentage being higher. Um, but he still needs to shoot with more confidence, I feel like. And another thing that he needs to do is be more aggressive. Um, whenever he takes it to the hole, he easily gets blocked or turns it over so I think he needs to go up strong uh, make strong layups or dunks and always kick it out maybe too when there's an open man um, so with, yeah with that I think his shot and his aggressiveness is lacking but if he gets those two things together and the fact that he's a really good defensive player which is a surprise to everyone I think he'll be a great player so Triple B's, baby. The next question is also a basketball question. Uh, did DeMarcus Cousins ruin the NBA? So I do not think that he ruined the NBA. I think when Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors, 
that was the time that the competition aspect of the NBA was ruined. Um, I think ever since Kevin Durant signed with the Warriors, the fact that we all know that the Warriors are going to make it to the finals and they're most likely going to win the championship, that ruined the whole competition and excitement of the NBA in the playoffs and in the finals. Because we already know the result of what's going to happen. Uh, with DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Warriors, I don't think that changes anything because they're already expected to win again. So I think with him uh, signing, it just confirmed what was already, what everyone already thought. So yeah, I definitely think the competition aspect of the NBA is gone, but once uh, the Warriors break up, probably next summer, I feel like the competition will increase again back to where it was and now we're not going to exactly assume or know who's going to come out of the west and who's going to come out of the east as well and who's going to win the finals which will make it more exciting to watch during the playoffs and in the finals. As for the NBA itself, I don't think it's ruined as a sport. I think it's one of the more popular sports in America and across the world. Um, I think after each year basketball becomes more popular and gains more attention uh, with all the different personalities and all the funny players in the NBA and all the drama that happens in the offseason and during the season I think it makes it an attractive sport to different people and being an NBA fan it's fun you know just keeping up with the headlines and all the different things that happen and to become fans of different players on teams that you don't even like that's possible in the NBA and yeah so generally I don't think the NBA is ruined at all but the competition aspect of it is ruined currently so maybe DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Warriors just adds on to the drama aspect of the NBA and so that's why the NBA is a great sport because anything could happen but most likely Warriors are gonna win this year I would say barring any injuries and it'll be interesting to see who's going to stay on their team during the summer and yeah lakers baby so the next question is pretty good since i'm really into music uh, she has top musical inspirations and why so my music inspirations i don't really limit them to musicians i see them as like a personality in person that i look up to and the person that I think of at the top of my list is Tyler the Creator. Um, I feel like Tyler the Creator inspires me to not be limited into one field, uh, to be yourself, and it's okay to be a little weird or very weird. And yeah, just he just ventures into a lot of creative outlets. Of course, music, fashion, scoring movies, which he's doing right now. Um, he also has his own show and it's like very inspiring that he's not limited to one certain specialty and he used music to venture off into different things that he's always wanted to do. Another thing that I liked about him is how genuine and how real he is and how different he is and I think if you watch his old videos and compare it to now. I mean, he's more mature now, but he still gives off the same energy and I feel like he has the same personality and things like money and fame 
didn't really change him. And I think that's pretty admirable. And yeah, like things that I learned from him is just to be yourself, be weird, don't care what other people think, and to always believe in your dreams and goals. Okay, so I have a story about Tyler the Creator, which is pretty cool. Uh, me and my friend Julian went to the Cherry Bomb documentary premiere in LA. And after the uh, premiere, like you were allowed to hang out at the lobby and all that. And then me and Julian saw Tyler like on the stairs. <laughs> and then uh, Julian walked right past him. And he didn't say anything and just looked at me. And I was just thinking, are you going to say something to him? And so I walked up to Tyler and I said, what's up? And then it was funny because he was looking out outside and there was like fans outside waiting for the second showing of the premiere because we went to the first showing and he was like, yo, it's about to get really wild right now because I think he was referencing um, how people were going to notice him and they're going to go crazy. But I got to ask him a question because there was a Q&A after, but I didn't get to ask my question. I asked him if working with Charlie Wilson during the Cherry Bomb um, album, was it intimidating to you at all since he was one of his idols growing up? And he was like, to summarize what he said, he wasn't scared to do it. Like, he just believed in his ideas and his belief in himself um, made the process easier to work with one of his idols, which is Charlie Wilson. I really appreciated that he answered my question. And then what's funny is that after that, like him, me, Julian, and this dude that came from Atlanta, like all the way from Atlanta, he drove or flew all the way to LA to see the documentary, which was just crazy. Like we all did a group hug on that stairs. And that was at the Downtown Independent. And it was a pretty cool experience, I would say. So yeah, Tyler is a nice dude. The second musical inspiration I have is, of course, Frank Ocean. Uh, starting with his music, his lyrics and his albums are the most relatable music I've ever listened to. And I love how nostalgic his songs are. And that just inspires me because it reminds me of different moments in life. The Boys Don't Cry magazine that Frank Ocean created was super inspirational to me because looking through those pages of the different interviews, photography, pieces of writing, the cultural references to films and albums that I've watched and listened to myself, it was, it was nice and it was aesthetically pleasing to look at. And I think it was his way of documenting that part of his life or that few years of his life. And I always admired him, not how secretive or isolated he's always been, but just how mysterious his persona is now. It's crazy. Like he's out of the public eye. He doesn't do a lot of concerts. He doesn't do a lot of interviews. Um, he never really makes public appearances. But when he creates something or when he releases music, everyone's paying attention. And I think that's what makes him appealing to everyone, especially his fans. And 
I think that makes his music speak for itself. So I find that characteristic about him very interesting. The last musical inspiration I have to mention is Kanye. And one thing I learned from Kanye is to believe in yourself and to say what you feel, even though there will be negative reactions to it. And although he says the most outrageous things and things that I don't agree with, and I'm not really sure if he fully believes in what he says, or if it's all a publicity stunt, but that is one thing that I learned from him. I really think Kanye has trouble conveying his ideas. I think there's a disconnect from the thoughts he has to the words he says. But despite his personal views, and looking at his music, which has been an important part of my life, especially growing up, and the fact that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is probably one of the greatest albums ever, he has to be uh, one of the top inspirational musicians I currently have right now. And I think this is only possible because I separate the person from the music when I look at Kanye right now. So the final question I have is, what do you think are the most important traits of someone's character? Basically, what makes someone a good person or what traits really reflect how someone conducts themselves and how they are viewed by others? So when I think of a good person, I just think of the concept of positivity. I think someone who gives positivity to others has a huge impact on everyone's lives. And that could be done through simple deeds, nice deeds to strangers, like holding the door for someone or saying thank you to someone that provides a service for you at a retail store or a coffee shop, or just saying hi to someone when you're on your jog and you see someone pass you by or you say good morning or something. I think not only does that help the other person, um, it also helps yourself. Like it's nice to learn that you could better someone's day or their mood just by doing a simple or nice deed. And just being aware of other people and their emotions and feelings is empathizing with other people as well. And when I look at friendships, I think that ties into friendships because what makes a good friend is an important part of a friendship is just like listening to friends whenever they vent or complain about something because that takes a lot of patience. Like I have trouble with that. I don't really have a lot of patience right now compared to when I was younger. But I think it goes a long way to just be there for a friend whenever they're struggling and being an ear for them whenever they need a vent or complain about something. Another characteristic I think that makes a good person is respecting other people's ideas and opinions even though they don't align with your own. And I just think being open to the idea that people are raised differently than you, they grew up in a different place than you and culture, you have to realize that they won't have the same viewpoints as you. 
And if you're able to respect that and not infringe upon that, I think that's a good characteristic to have. As long as it's not dehumanizing people. Because we can all agree that dehumanizing people is a bad thing. And lastly, another thing that makes a good person is one that is able to acknowledge the mistakes they made and improve from that. I think with our current generation and in social media, uh, everything is basically a highlight reel. Uh, we always try to convey the image that we want other people to see. And that filters a lot of, a lot of flaws that people have, I think. And I think that people that acknowledge those flaws and acknowledge their mistakes and how they improve upon it, it's very humanizing. And I like that about a person. And I think that contributes to a good person is just being honest with yourself and being honest with other people. I think that's a great characteristic to have is to accept your own uh, flaws and your own mistakes and being able to be okay with that without caring what other people think, which is something that I feel like I'm also working on and trying to achieve in my own life. If I could give you an example of a good person, I would probably mention Mac Miller. Um, since his death, uh, artists and different friends he knew, they all shared stories about him being genuinely nice, welcoming, funny, and giving opportunities to other artists that were below in popularity at the time. And I think it's nice that he looked out not only for himself, but he was genuinely happy knowing that he helped other people be successful too. So I think the most important traits I would say is positivity, honesty, and empathy. So the next part of this question is, alternatively, how do you hope to be portrayed by your peers, your friends, etc.? So I think this question relates to the first one because I hope that people see me in a positive light. And I hope my presence is always felt when I'm with people, especially with friends, as cliche as that sounds. And another way I want to be portrayed as is inspirational. I hope that I inspire others, especially my friends. And not just in good deeds or my words or characteristics. Like I've always enjoyed making things like these podcast episodes or taking photos or writing about music and on my blog and stuff. And I just really enjoyed all those creative outlets and it's a nice break from my academic and professional life. And when people and friends message me or personally tell me that you know, they enjoy listening to the podcast episode I made or they liked my photos that I took. I just really appreciate that. But I hope it also inspires them to create their own things because I think that everyone has an interesting mind and it's nice to express those ideas that you have in your own mind. 
So yeah, just to sum it all up, I just want to be portrayed as someone who gave positivity and inspiration to others. And yeah, that concludes the Q&A and episode 3 of the Eyes Closed podcast. Thanks for listening if you made it this far. And thank you to all the individuals that asked me questions. Uh, It's definitely appreciated because (laughs) I don't think a lot of people care about my answers. But hopefully you guys did listen to this episode to find out what my answers were. And yeah, today is Friday, November 9th, 2018. Hope you guys have a great day or night. Uh, and yeah, deuces.